Welcome to the Round 6 Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion featuring a variety of automotive subjects, interviews, special guests, and stories, hosted by the Round 6 Gearheads, Brian Stupski, Brad King, Alex Welsh, and Eric Hibbs. Joining the Gearheads on Episode 17... It's the fabulous Engel Brothers of Engel Brothers Fabrication and Instagram and whatever else they do. I don't think he wants to do a podcast. <laughs> Matlock and Golden Girls. Hey, yeah, Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> Followed by Wheel of Fortune and the News. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune. Welcome to the Round 6 Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Alex. I'm Eric. And tonight we have with us uh, the second set of brothers we've been fortunate to host on the show. And of all things, uh, it turns out they are not only the the most half Chinese, but also the tallest, both individually and combined, I guess. Uh, we, We have Dave and Greg Engel. Welcome to the show, guys. Glad you guys can have us. Thank you for having us on. I appreciate it. We've had, we should have just let the whole thing ride from the beginning and not even recorded any of this. I think we've had more fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're, we're good now. We got no. all of our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so we're good. I tell you, we, uh, Alex is kind of our resident uh, research expert, and mm. I, I almost had a great intro lined up. I just couldn't go with it. Because it's just too darn funny to compare you to, you know, the the other brothers. And um, he had come up with something that he had, had great, great Wikipedia finds. He had, uh, there's a singer named David Engel. Uh, yeah. That guy's singer, actor, dancer. And he played the role of Smudge in the movie Forever Plaid. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not done yet. Oh, uh, wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. <laughs> It's like a ShamWow ad. But wait. My other favorite was, uh, let's see, was it Greg Angle, who was the ambassador to Togo? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I didn't realize you had to have an ambassador to go get a sandwich, but that works out pretty good. (laughs) People got to eat, right? So is that like the drive up to go at Chili's or... (laughs) That's a really high-tech way to do the whole, you know, you fly, I buy thing. You were the ambassador to Togo's. But it looks great on a business card, though. Yeah, try try to up that title a little bit. If you don't add that to your business card, you've you've missed the boat. Is this for here or to go? (laughs) Again with the dad jokes. Yeah. Wow, we must be old because we still think that shit's funny. So, well, but, but in my research, you know, I, I put in, you know, Angle Brothers, and Brian's probably got the list of all the ones that I found. You guys are pretty diverse, either that, or you guys are on the run from the law. That's all I can figure. Hey, we'll, hey, hey. We'll, keep, we'll keep that on the down low. Okay, all right. What was the other one I found, uh, Brian? You got the list. Was it like a, a used vegetable equipment auction liquidators? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there was. Angle, Angle, Angle Brothers, Brothers Surplus, surplus Vegetable Equipment Online Auction. Now, first, say that five times fast. Game over oh, right there. Swanson. All phallic-shaped vegetables. <laughs> yeah. that's, how that's, how that's how we're able to franchise. <laughs> 
<laughs> there's like an Engel Brothers coal mining company. There's a jewelry company. Yeah. How about the two Asian guys that uh, hand grind every Engel can? <laughs> Ancient Chinese secret, all right. Ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> every cam comes with a with a box of Calgon. Nice. Oh no. So okay. So oh my god. <laughs> all the fingers. Is that right? Is that good enough for an intro? No. <laughs> oh, we could do two shows with you guys. This is going to be fabulous. Oh, <laughs> so now that we've gone over all the things you guys could have done, or maybe doing in an alternate dimension, who knows? Um, like, uh, how did let Let's start from the beginning, man. Um, well, not the very beginning, because there's things I just don't ever want to imagine happening. <laughs> same, same for sure. You know, <laughs> I couldn't imagine that talk. Okay, guys, sit down. Dad's going to tell you the story about the night you were conceived. There's less screaming involved. A van stinking of leather. <laughs> With a hint of cotton candy. <laughs> Didn't grow up in a Chevy van. Yeah, we did, actually. Wait, wait, okay. Let, roll with it. Yeah, I think we got to hear this. Well, Dad had a Chevy van. It was on True Spokes. It had, you know, the, had the plywood um, seat in the back with the, with the you know, six-inch foam in the back with a, no upholstery on it, of course, because... That cost extra. Um, wood paneling, of course. <laughs> shoddy and, primer job. Yeah, real shoddy primer. Like enough to where it was rusting through it. Um, but yeah, but, I think we we're, we had that until I was probably eight, I think, because we had it over at, at this house. Yeah. Many yeah. A monster, many, fit right in at the Monster Jam, though. <laughs> um, I think uh, I, I think their first discovery that at least I, that I was even mechanically inclined, I took one of Dad's uh, snap-on uh, screwdrivers and shoved it in the tailpipe, and they couldn't find it for the longest time until they fired up and it shot out of the thing. So, like, Dad wasn't happy about that one. Neither was the person whose leg it stuck into. Right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, okay. So, bring with speed. You guys always around cars. Uh, was It was like a family thing. So, know? growing up, our grandpa, he was always in the cars. He was one of the original members of the Road Kings. He had a four-banger rail that he raced in the late 50s. Um, so, I mean, obviously then my dad was obviously in the cars. He grew up with the 64 Chevelle and built small block in it so we were always kind of around the scene growing up going to car shows and you know my grandfather would restore model a's at his house um so we were always around it yeah we always went to car shows you know <clears throat> restoration hot rod drag strip bakersfield pomona i mean you name it um you know he he was obviously you know grew up you know as one of the original road kings along with perdome and ivo and um, you know, all like, you know, all the big guys basically. And the story goes that basically he was one of the original guys to actually start building chassis out of chromoly and start, you know, machining magnesium because, you know, his rail was just powered by a four banger. So he, he always, you know, figured lighter would be faster. And sure enough, you know, oh, so it's cool. like in, in, in the late fifties, he would machine his own hubs, lace up his own wheels, uh, you know, all this crazy stuff. 
Um, again, I mean, it's not confirmed or anything, but this is what we were always told that, you know, that he was one of the one of the first ones to actually do something, you know, so. Holy oh, cow. Please. Well, yeah, like my grandfather made stuff really like because he was he had extremely weak forearms. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Congress very strong forearms. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah. If, if evolution has anything to say about it, my kid should be able to lift a small building with his. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, that that same dragster was actually it was in uh, what what year and month was it, Greg? Uh, it was in '59. Uh, I believe it was March, but don't quote me on that. Um, uh, issue of like Hot a, Rod. Yeah, it's a very oh, cool. iconic cover that had was a Pontiac motor, I think, that was had like the twin rail injection. You know, it was, it was just an engine on on the cover of it. Yeah, it was um, like a it was it was the prototype fuel injection that some aerospace guy designed, and it just recently resurfaced and ended up in a Studebaker that somebody turned into a Woody. Oh man! Yeah, the bullet nose uh, Woody. It was actually a SEMA. Um, but they had the they had the engine on display at like the Hot Rod um, magazine, the, the Homecoming. Yeah, the Homecoming. Show. Wow. But uh, that, yeah, again, that same rail. Since he was friends with Tommy Ivo, it was in uh, it was actually in the movie uh, uh, Ghost of Dragstrip Hollow. You know, typical you know B movie. You know, and uh, it was on the movie card and everything. And so, yeah, we we like posting up that picture because it's like a cool picture of of uh, Grandpa's rail with. Ivo's T bucket in the background with the you know with the injected with the Hillborn injected nail head in it. Yeah. Do, um, do you know what ever happened to the car? Did you guys ever find out the dragster? Um, I know it got it got you know basically he got rid of it when apparently Dad was old enough to be able to drive the thing because he did not want him even getting into the thing at all. So he sold it you know in like the early '60s I believe uh, just so that Dad couldn't drive the thing. Uh, but he continued building, you know, helping build chassis for like uh, for Phil Tadlock, and you know, again, another you know folklore story was that he um, had something to do with the uh, the first front engine dragster go over, you know, unofficially over 200 miles an hour. Um, yeah, because Phil was getting uh, drafted, and so right. he just yeah. So he the story was that he's like. I'm going to tip the can to this, and if I die in the rail, then I die in the rail. Either that or I'm going to <laughs> Vietnam. So one or the other is going to happen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, There's a, we actually have a picture. Of, I don't know if it was actually from – I think that was from that actual run. It um, was. Front engine drag. Or was it from – I think what year it was. I thought it was like 64-ish or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the thing just – Killing the tires, just like 45 degree angle going on the strip, and just like just just on a run, you know. Yeah, it's very winged express looking. Yeah, it was freaking <laughs> awesome. I'll have to find that picture and actually post that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, he was he he just knew all the guys basically. He was just like another one of those guys. And actually, if you go on like Road King's history bio, like he's still on you know the att- attendance roster, you know, right there with. Ivo and all the all the other guys, you know, I think he was one of the original, like, you know, couple, you know, maybe twenty or something like that from the Road Kings. Way cool, uh, neat. Yeah. yeah so cool. the the last picture we have of his rail after it got sold off is it had a flathead in it, and that was the last the picture. Or, yeah. So, but that was that was the last thing we've seen of it. Don't know if it ever turned up. So, 
we post pictures of it and people are like, Oh, that was a chassis research rail. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was, <laughs> it was all like there, we have, we have pictures of him building it out back in the alley on like paint propped up on paint cans and stuff like yeah, that. It's freaking well, cool. It's really cool. We have every, all the build pictures of it. Every old picture of every old drag chassis is, is always a, you know, drag master, right? Yeah. That's what everybody thinks, you know, on right. Facebook. Oh, line. totally. Always. Yeah, so it, it would be definitely really cool to be able to actually rebuild that that dragster. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to it, so I don't think it'd be all that difficult. But yeah, definitely, you know, it's a Model B motor with a Riley head, four port head. I mean, it was, he made his own tri power on the thing. I mean, it was just like all sorts of things that you know were just kind of ahead of its time. And according to the article, the thing had like fourteen to one or something like that. It was Whoa. just like, un- it, was, it was like there's no freaking way. But I mean, you know. I, I wouldn't doubt it, you know. I mean, maybe that's what it, you know. I mean, he was a cowboy back then, so did whatever it takes in order to make the thing go fast. So, <laughs> so all that sort of, of hot rod heritage in your family, how did that transfer to you guys? I mean, when you guys were old enough to build bicycles, were you guys customizing stuff and that and building models, doing tinkering, doing stuff like that? Uh, I built models and stuff when we were younger, but the first things that we ever actually built was because obviously growing up in the 90s was the wagon craze. So everybody at every single swap meet had lowered wagons with go-kart tires on it and stuff like that. Right. So um, I built a little tiny uh, radio flyer with a kind of off-road suspension looking. It was all lifted and custom paint, this and that, and Dave actually started before me with his, uh, he had a scooter, right, Dave? That yeah. was your first thing? Yeah, I did, I did a scooter and widened the back end and put a, you know, wide, uh, you know, go-kart tire on the back and, you know, real short handlebars to make it completely unrideable because even then I was still <laughs> six foot, so, you know, <laughs> make, make it super-duper impractical, but, you know, got to start it young. But, yeah, so it was stretched out, it was kind of triangular-shaped and then had the wide tire in the back and then it had, like, you know, like a, top fuel wing struts and had a wing on the back that we basically made that when we were camping up in up in the redwoods and bent the aluminum sheet metal over like a tree and then like <laughs> freaking jb weld the thing all together it looked pretty cool actually for what it was but yeah i remember specifically bending that sheet metal over for a freaking pine tree no it was a redwood tree that's right yeah redwood <laughs> yeah pine tree's clearly too soft right yeah <laughs> let's be realistic here you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to show for mahogany, but you know, couldn't couldn't find one in NorCal. So yeah. But with your family history, you guys should have gone with balsa. I mean, you know, everything lighter weight. True. <laughs> uh, true, true. <laughs> oh, bamboo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not racist if you say it about yourself, right? <laughs> true. True. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Huh? That's why I tell a lot of Polak jokes. I'm like gaining that karma, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell did we go from go karts to anyway? Um, Anyways, don't e- don't even question the like the 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 path that we're taking because it's just gonna be a fun look back on it. So. The flow is gonna be beautiful. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be editing. Uh, the hell I'm gonna right. edit this if you've listened to our show. You know there's no way. <laughs> let her rip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Who so are we kidding? We, Coming back to what we were saying, that basically we grew up in you know going to car shows with our dad. And our dad, you know, dad was a firefighter, but he was always passionate about cars as well. You know, not quite, you know, obviously the fabricators that we are, but we were we went to all the car shows and pretty much anything that we could, you know, that we could just to 
get out and and you know check out you know the hot rod scene classic cars whatever you know so you know he helped us obviously build our our wagons and scooters and that type of stuff and mm-hmm. and uh you know we always just managed you know one way or another to to craft you know pieces of art basically you know before we could even weld really i mean dad could gas could you know could oxyacetylene weld um but yeah we just basically you know would see something we're like yeah let's build let's build that yeah sure why not you know so we always took on any type of project so that's where we kind of got our you know just take on anything type of attitude because you know obviously we did you know we didn't grow up just like with a ton of money to have you know people build our stuff so it's like yeah we could probably figure out how to do that one way or another so like you know, we grew up having to build our first cars, basically. So we had to learn every single nut and bolt on, on them. And so we, you know, Greg still has his has 65 Chevelle wagon. I still have my 55 Oldsmobile. Those are your first cars. Those are my. Yep. Those are. Our first wow! Cars. How cool! That's cool. And that's say, there's some great cars there, man. And you know, on top of it, well, that Olds has a a little bit of fame behind it too. Yeah. So I basically I got that between my junior and senior year of high school. Started rebuilding the motor and whatever else needed to be, you know, done to it. And, um, you know, basically, I think it was like my second semester of high school, I was able to actually finally start actually driving the thing. You know, no trim on it. It was still all flat back, but the engine was, like, absolutely just immaculate. That's right. Uh, but, I mean, we went to a private school, and I think no one even understood, like, what a classic car even was if you weren't driving, like, a BMW or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, right. And then shortly, shortly after uh, I, I graduated high school in '98, um, Steve Van Diemen, you know, basically we became really good friends with him, and he's like, "I want to flame this thing." I'm like, "I can't. There's no way I can afford this. No way." You know, it's just like, "Just let me do it, and you know, you guys can do all the work to it. That's fine, whatever." And so, you know, flamed it. It just basically took on a whole life of its own. You know, took it to some shows. Before any interior was even in it, I had I kept replacing sheets and stuff on it just to, so I wouldn't have springs poking me in the butt. <laughs> and uh, and then Hot Rod Magazine, you know, Rob Portier from Hot Rod Magazine saw it down at Dana Point show, and you know, the rest is history. Basically, you know, they they wanted on the cover of Hot Rod, they you know put on the cover of Custom Rodder. I mean, years later, you know, probably I think 07 or 08 or something like that, ended up on the cover of Hot Rod again because they just needed another cover car. So, well, it was also in Daytona. Don't forget that. Oh, it was, in, it was in Daytona Magazine from in Japan. It was, in, it was on the cover of Car Audio, you know, shooting flames, um, you know, because it oh. used to shoot 13-foot flames out the back, you know. <laughs> and uh, another uh, fun, funny story is that it got shot for those, these covers and, you know, obviously got, you know, a, a reasonable amount of acclaim, but, but it didn't. It wasn't even done. It didn't even have an interior. This was before a custom router. And this was uh, probably circa... 2000, I think. I think before Chip, uh, before Chip Foose actually got, you know, the overhauling show, and so you know we used to go over there and just hang out with him, have lunch with him, just you know, just you know, bench race, and uh, you know, I bring my car around. I'm like, Chip, I have no idea what to do for for interior on this thing, design wise or whatever, you know. But I, I, I don't, I don't want to put some sort of cheap interior in this thing. And, you know, I want it to be something really cool. And so he's like, he looks at it, looks at the dashboard. He's like, huh, just come inside. So he goes in there and just like quickly sketches this thing out and just like, you know, scribbles it all out and colors it all in. And it's just obviously, obviously amazing because Chip is the master. And he's like, oh, here you go. And I'm like, you're kidding, right? He's like, well, what do, what do I owe you? And he's like, well, just, just take it, you know. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so that was like 
the first like steps of you know seeing how you know chips true colors i mean he chips like the most amazing you know nice guy in the entire universe yeah. I mean, it's just he's a great awesome. guy oh yeah it, yeah you want to hate him because he's just like so famous <laughs> and so talented you know across the board with you know outside of just markers and pens you know because he can literally do it do all the grunt work and just like whatever it takes to get the job done and that is like so admirable as, as a mm-hmm. fabricator Yep. You know, just like, just take on any job and just like, you know, whatever it takes, don't let anything slow you down, just figure it out, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's, that's what truly is, uh, you know, is cool. What makes him cool along with many of uh, other of our friends that are fabricators as well. He's always so quick to give credit to everybody else too. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he does not, you know, he does not take the limelight all by himself. Yeah. No. Sorry, you'll probably have to edit that. Sorry, I don't want to overpower No, no, I was, I was going to edit that down so what it, it sounds like you say is, I hate Chip Foose. He can't oh. figure markers and pencils out. Oh. <laughs> 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 and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hype that one everywhere. Um, it's going to be on all of our promos. And there goes our career. What little bit of career we have. <laughs> oh, we'll go down with you. It'll be great. Tonight, the Young Six Podcast further demolishes what little following they had. Hey, everybody loves a villain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to have you have to have, you have to be completely sell your soul and have a TV show to become a villain that makes money. Yeah, indeed. No, indeed. we're back to the original idea from earlier before we went on. This takes us right back to you guys being the Hell's Angles. This is perfect. Oh, oh my God. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. Oh, that's great. Just jealous that you never came up with it. When I see when I see your Instagram posts, you know, with you guys with your matching jackets. What? Your, yeah. Matching jacket? Yeah, those gold silver. Yeah, flat. Yeah, the oh, flag logo on the back. Hey, gold will make it colors. Back, okay. <laughs> That's one thing. Why didn't Von Dutch ever have a gold lame jacket? Did that oh, yeah. a perfect crossover for that brand. Somebody yeah. else already claimed that. Yeah, with a half-crest on the back. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we don't name any names or anything, but he always wore glasses and it was really creepy. Yeah, you can't even buy that material at like Joanne Fabrics. They're like, no, we, we can't get <laughs> that big a trademark. <laughs> yeah. Thank God, doing the world a service. <laughs> It's like, where do you guys grow that satin? You don't really grow the satin. It smells a lot like aqua velva in its natural oh. state. What, what do those worms look like? Oh, my God. <laughs> do they have sequins on them? Do they have, are they real fancy? Do they, yeah, have... they have really high blood pressure, so they're kind of veiny looking. Um, oh, God. Uh, well, we'll be editing that. That's going to be another mark. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go! Growing up, I mean, obviously, you guys had some really good family influences. Uh, obviously, great teachers to get you guys into starting off to fabricate things. So, like, did you guys follow the usual path that seemed prevalent in the hot rod world, where you guys got into BMX bikes and all that stuff, or did you guys like skip right over and just buy a mini truck or a VW? And <laughs> oh God! Oh man! <laughs> No, I mean, we kind of grew up with it, a little bit in the BMX scene. We were always kind of around it, but never really necessarily a part of it. Just being in Orange County, I mean, this just the whole Southern California area is, has a very large uh, influence for motorsports and BMX and motocross and a little bit of everything. So 
um, we had a lot of different influences and that's kind of was funny is like walking around to show you like see these guys walking around in like shorts and sandals you're like who the hell are these guys they're like oh yeah they're car fabricators they're actual hot rod guys they're like no way <laughs> like so they, they don't have work- pompadours and jeans and cuff jeans and yeah <laughs> well that's how you recognize them today and yeah well i can't i just can't yeah i guess in my head i'm kind of figuring it'd be tough for you guys to be really into the bmx scene because it's tough to ride a 20 inch bike when you're eight and a half feet tall right <laughs> yeah the only guys out there with a 28 inch frame a really long stroke though let me tell you yeah. whoa Awkward. wind up with like nicknames like octopus guy and kids <laughs> yeah. Yeah. tentacle man <laughs> That's one of those uh, nicknames that comes back around in like your early to mid twenties, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> so speaking of which, uh, if you don't want to say, it, go ahead. But it not, rather than ask you your exact age, let's go this way. Um, okay, if let's say let's try to date you guys. <laughs> hey, not Whoa. that way. Hey, oh, yeah. awkward. Sorry, uh, sorry, dude. I don't swing that way. Yeah. Oh, oh damn it. Give him a minute. Hang we on. could maybe go to turn? Starbucks. Hang on, first. he's got a good pitch. Let, let it listen. Listen to him. <laughs> and thanks Aww. a lot for listening. Yeah, that was the last <laughs> podcast. Some there there go, there, place, maybe you know, some place where there goes your hopes for a yeah. uh, cheap date night at SEMA. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's still going to happen. I, I know to bring yeah. a mason jar full of uh, yeah. Yeah. roofie. Yeah, <laughs> that has a lot of exits. Hopefully. One of my Nyquil <laughs> slammers. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> So, excuse me, does this taste to... like rape? <laughs> Maybe. Should we, we edit that out now? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Like... I love rape flavor. Wow. wow, that was our first joke of that nature. Nice <laughs> job. Okay. There goes our, there goes our clean lyric rating. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to think, though, is, okay, if we had to, how do we put this, chronologically place you, gentlemen, uh, Let's say if you were going to send somebody a nude in your mid twenties, would you have texted it or faxed it? Faxed. <laughs> I would have sent it. Sent it via pager, actually. I would have, oh, I would have pager coded God. somehow. Pager coded the dimensions. Yeah. Eight zero zero eight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! I think let's see. Well, I think I was born the year uh, was it ET came out. I think. Wow! Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm technically the very, very first year of the millennials. So, yeah. Yeah, it sucks to be you. Yeah, yeah but you don't come across as millennials. I think the Mustang Two just went out of fashion. Uh, let's say the Lincoln Mark Ace Mark Five. I think was yeah. Was the Lincoln there? Was the Bill Blass edition out yet? <laughs> Bill Blass. Yes, actually. The Eddie, Bauer. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Bauer. Eddie Bauer between Bill too. Blass and Eddie Bauer. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It was the Diamond Jubilee. That's what the, that's what that's what edition was. Wow. wow. Yeah. How, how's that for a poll? Th- thank you, Lowrider scene, for giving me that one. Classy. Wow. Nice. Diamond Jubilee. Lincoln Lincoln Mark and it had a little jewel in the in the back quarter window. It said Diamond Jubilee Edition. Oh yeah. Charge an extra twenty five hundred dollars for the sticker. Yep. It's, Did you yeah, have to little, push little, the big little, button that said premium sound? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, my car currently has premium sound eleven in it, okay? It says on the door panel. So it goes to eleven? 
<laughs> it has reverb and everything. It's amazing. A little sound bar underneath. Uh, Pyramid EQ dancing away down there. That's awesome. It's like a light show. Sparkomatic FM converter. Yep, that's right. Got a oh, Jensen six by nines up on the package tray, dude. Yeah. Hey, hey, I got six by nines up front. I actually put them up there. So yeah. on, oh, on yeah. purpose. On purpose. Oh, oh yeah. I got that cool oh, concert God. sound now, man. <laughs> <laughs> So I always wonder <laughs> when you'd see that in a car, you'd see like with concert sound, you're like, oh, so it's going to have some woman who's stoned out of her gourd screaming in my left ear. This is going to violin in the back seat. <laughs> Car's going to smell like vomit and pee. All right, on. <laughs> Get a contact high every time we turn on the AC. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, I live in Colorado, so that happens anyways. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Jeez. Where? How in the world did you end up in Colorado? Uh, we had my wife and I had actually been looking out here, anyways, uh, just as kind of a change of pace from California and the concrete jungle. So uh, it just happened to come up that um, my wife's job, where they were opening a new office out here. So that's how I ended up uh, transferring out here as well. Nice. What, what area of Colorado are you in? Uh, I'm just south of Denver in a, in a town called uh, Castle Rock. Okay, I know where Castle Rock is. Yeah. Oh, okay. They used that to have is... a uh, a racetrack in Castle Rock back in the day. Yeah. I was stationed out there in the Air Force years ago. Yeah. Continental Divide Raceway. I was in my Divide town. Continental Divide Raceway. Yep. Uh, you could still see it cut into the hills. Uh, yeah. It's it's all torn up, but you could see the contours of where they uh, they flattened it out for the track. No kidding. Uh huh. Yeah, it was a neat place. Yeah, they had a they had a quarter mile drag strip. They had a road race circuit that went through there. They had I think they ran uh they ran motorcycles, road race. They had drag, yeah, everything. Oh, how neat! Yeah, but I think that went out in 1980 or 81, something like that. It closed. Uh, it was still open when I was there. I was there in 81, and it was okay. Still- it was still open then. It may have been right right towards the end, though. Right. It was starting to probably, you know, it was showing signs of neglect. There was like a tree growing out of the left lane. It became the chicane. <laughs> yeah. The chicane down the back stretch is a tree. Well, that's like, that's like the shutdown lane at Irwindale. You got to kind of oh, jog yeah. over to the left. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's sketchy. Yeah. So, okay, so now you're you're out there in Colorado, and just for our listeners' sake, I mean, we know what you do, because, well, we, we have the camera and everything like that, but, <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know, drones. So, <laughs> if you want to share what you're doing out there, if not, just say, dude, I just sit around all day long, and uh, I watch a lot of talk shows, and... Yeah, I'm ca- catching up on a lot of Mori Povich right now. I know he listens to Round Six podcast day in oh. and day out. Oh, no, I don't. No, I really wow. don't. Don't throw him okay. under the bus like that. I'm just saying, you know, we're trying, we're trying to get you sponsors here. Okay, he doesn't listen to it. He reads the Round Six podcast. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I waited for the book. It was much better than the podcast. Yeah, the transcription is great. I don't actually have to listen to you guys. <laughs> hey, we found our transcriptionist over on Fiverr, and I got to tell you, she she's nice. I mean, she's nine years old. She writes it between stitching sneakers. 
Bryce had a 13-year-old level, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, so I'm I'm actually out here now. I'm I'm working down in Colorado Springs out of uh, Joe Barry's shop. Um, I don't know if you guys know Joe Barry or not, but he has the uh, twin turbo big block 56 Chevy that's uh, orange and cream. He does uh, drag week and stuff like that. Cool. So it's a seven second street car. Six seconds. Yeah. Come on. High, yeah. high, oh, six, okay. high six second. Okay. Yeah. High six seconds. And the yeah. hardest part about drag week is trying to, steal uh, too. to work a clutch with those heels on, isn't it? Isn't that what they say? <laughs> <laughs> wrong drag race oh uh, oh you should have seen greg work work a clutch girlfriend <laughs> wrong type of clutch no not, not the yeah. first type no you have to Once lip again. sync a song as you drive down the strip <laughs> oh my gosh and that 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 pretty much concludes all that I know about drag. So, um, <laughs> which, uh, I thought I thought you were going for like a, a two Wong Fu reference. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, like I pulled that one out, huh? Uh, how, great, how great would that be? Maybe just need to do that. Does the car run like six twenty twos or anything? So you could have six twenty two Wong Fu written on the window. Oh see if anybody catches my it. God! Wow, <laughs> real reach, real reach there. <laughs> that's that's all I had. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna shut up now and hang out. Wheels are coming <laughs> off, guys. Wheels are coming off. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he <laughs> played in Indiana Jones. Was that? Wow! Wow! Whoa! That's that's, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> and then it took a dark turn. <laughs> you sound like fortune cookie. Yeah, no, no time for love, <laughs> Doctor Jones. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's not get Is off. Is that an Asian joke? Was that an Asian quit. crack? No. <laughs> I think I think that's the wrong tribe, anyway. So right, definitely wrong tribe for sure. Now you're just making fun of Spielberg movies. This is horrible. Oh, We're off oh. track again. Wow. We're okay. We're I'm not sure what track I, that is, but I only make fun of that last Indiana Jones movie. Oh, the one where he blows up in the uh, the fridge. Aliens. No, yeah, exactly. The the aliens and the crystal skull. It's yeah. got a little bit of everything for everyone, man. <laughs> it's like, uh, do you like revisionist history? Yes. Okay. Do you like adventures? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you like lead-lined refrigerators? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, dude, you're gonna love this shit. Do you, oh, this do you like that because skull. aliens guy? Oh, it's the crystal skulls. Oh. <laughs> this is much different than Rob's interview. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, we don't have any fun facts about Tucker's. I'm sorry. No, we do. We know someone that owns four of them. I mean, oh, yeah. that's true. And, and, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So continue yeah. our theme. Tell us about the Tucker. No. Um. But uh, yeah. So I'm working out down there with Joe Barry. He manages to actually keep his car together because it's uh, I think it's like a four thousand horsepower capable car, but it's detuned to like. 3200 detuned yeah because you want to be conservative well it's got to be streetable right do you know what's stupid is that that car actually gets better gas mileage on the freeway than my truck does my freaking 201 silverado it gets better gas mileage than that thing oh my gosh yeah Yeah. unreal has he got like a gear vendor in it or something 
Yeah, he's yeah. got a gear vendor in it. But he's like, yeah, if I keep my foot out of it, it's not making any boost. It's basically just a low compression big block. I'm like, oh. What is it? It's 596, isn't it? Uh, something like that, yeah. No, it's crazy. It's like before before I even knew anything about the car, I just always assumed that you know you see it, you know street outlaws and they you know ch- swap out the tunes like you know or it's like they're changing underwear. But I'm like, so do you just change out the tune when you're just driving around town? He's like, no, I'll change any of that. I just keep my foot out of it. I'm like, so you're driving around with 3,200 horsepower on tap? Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what? Be yeah. right back. Yeah. Air run. Look, I go grab some groceries. Yeah, exactly. You know, every every drag week, I always pull for that car because it seems like the ones that win are these single purpose, not yeah. really street cars with body panels that come on and off, and they swap them at the tracks. And yeah. it kind of got to the point where the whole thing kind of went over the edge. And yeah, I always right. pull for Joe's car because it's still that kind of car. It's still a street type car. Yeah, it's a steel right. car with glass in it. You know. Right. Right. Yeah, I struggle with that whole, you know, what are you driving? Oh, I've got a carbon fiber 7 8 scale. You know, you know, yeah, right. Carbon Big, long, extended nose. And yeah, it's getting yeah. a little crazy. Yeah, but yeah, then they... again, you know, it's racing. So it's like you always have to push the, the limits sure. of the rules no matter what. So sure. it's like if you if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So, right. I mean, yeah, right. like yeah. you got to, you can't knock them for it. Sure. Yeah, but it needs to be, it needs to get back more, I think, to its roots, to cars like that and Larson's Nova and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Yeah, totally agree. Yep. Yeah, I mean, even even Larson's S10, you know, it's like that that basically push, pushes everything to the limits. I mean, yeah, he does swap out some stuff, but it's like that's as far as the line should be to me, you know, it's right, like that, right. that little S10. Like a couple yep. of years ago, with Bailey's Camaro, that was over the edge. It's like, come yeah, on, guys, man. It's well, Bailey's nuts. car started off as Denny's, Denny Terzich's car. Right. And it was funny, like uh, my weird connection with Drag Week was the Six Seconds car. And it was yeah. like, designed that thing. And of all the dumb ways to come up with a name, I was falling asleep one night. And I'm like, this would be funny, dude. Six seconds. And I'm like, next thing I know, well, it's what we're going to submit to Hot Rod. And I'm like, great. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we have you to blame for that. Yeah, yeah, I thought this interview was about us. What the hell? <laughs> well, so, hey, you know, on the plus side, we'll always refer to Brian from now on as six seconds. Right. <laughs> Three more than you need, baby. <laughs> that's, that's including cuddling. That's including cuddling. I'm an emotional stalwart when it comes to that. I'm like, here you go. So, at Joe's shop, do you just do fab work there, or do you have your own little area in the back where you do your own thing? Uh, I do a little bit of everything, uh, a little bit of both, I should say. Um, he basically let me come in there and set up shop because uh, he finds it pretty hard to find uh, to find somebody that actually does uh, good fab work that's reliable and so on and so forth. So he actually would actually he would farm out a lot of work on his car uh, out of state. So yeah, like, he, he couldn't he, find he anybody found... good, so he let Greg come in there. Yeah, so he, he found it beneficial to have me there to be able to work on his stuff, to be able to add another fabrication shop to the mix of Colorado. And uh, also he has a regular day job, so I could help him out uh, when fabrication arises for his regular day job as well. So it was it just worked out well for, for everybody involved. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty much fully set up now. I got picked up all my uh, machinery and stuff since I moved out here and pretty much good to go to so do some pretty good damage out here. Hmm. Nice. 
Yeah. So were, were you always interested in, uh, I mean, granted, you didn't just go there to work on a drag car, but, you know, have drag cars always been an interest of yours, or is it something that you just kind of grew to grew to appreciate over time? You know, in other words, I guess my big question here is, if you were going to build your dream car, what would it be? What would its main purpose be in life? You know, honestly, if I had to build my dream car, it probably would not be a drag car. It would just be a it would be a street car, uh, probably coilover turbo car. Something like that. Not LS, just because I find LSs to be kind of soulless motors. I mean, they're freaking awesome. There's absolutely no denying the the power to price ratio and so on and so forth. Of your listener, by the way. Yeah, I know, but uh, <laughs> they just they don't. More followers. <laughs> <laughs> like, did, did he just say that? It's like, did he just kick a puppy? Yeah, did I just say I don't like LSs? What do you mean? No, this is what I like, though. <laughs> see, we, see, we, we like it when you're honest about this. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a huge LS fan. I, don't get me wrong. I appreciate them. I love what they do. Right, exactly. It's like I completely appreciate everything about them and what they can do. And, you know, I built a 383 for my wagon. Nothing really super crazy. But it's like for the amount of money that I put into that thing, for the horsepower that I got out of it, I could have easily built a five, 600 horsepower LS all day long, but instead right. I ended up with a 400 horsepower 383 with 450 foot pounds. Same here. I'm, I'm building a, uh, I'm building a, you know, 671 blown, you know, rocket 324 motor for my Oldsmobile. And, it's like you know, seven it's going to have eight horsepower, right? <laughs> right. basically. <laughs> so it's going to be, you know, 10 grand worth of motor. And I'm looking at all these like, you know, LS motors where they have, you know, the, 671 blowers on them, make them look like Oldsmobile motors, paint them, you know, solid green. I'm like, I probably could have built two of these things for the amount of money I'm going to have in this thing and, and way more reliability. But I'm like, you know what? It won't have the cool factor. Right. It just, it never will. Well, I mean, it's like they're, a they're, they're I mean, just, I, I've got, I'm about seven grand in a stupid flathead that doesn't run worth a shit. And, but you know what? <laughs> Nothing sounds like it. Right. It's 150 horsepower when it runs good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> got, a, got a strong <laughs> tailwind. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's something to be said like that you know like even on our that's what we've always kind of prided ourselves in as far as our motto I guess in fabrication and in in the whole car world one of our uh, one of our you know good nice amazing mentors uh, told us basically that he's like you guys build stuff with soul I'm like what do you what do you mean like what are you what are you talking about you know He's like, no, you guys like you guys instill soul into into your projects and you, in your fabrication, and that's how that's what guides you. And you know, kind of like looking at each other, like, yeah, I guess we kind of do, you know, because I, we we do want to do stuff that you know is timeless and has a soul and has a evokes a feeling of sorts, you know, and and not just do you know things that are flash in the pan that are you know are cool for the for the moment, but. 10 years later, are you going to be tired of it? You know, like, you know, you guys had Scott Sullivan on earlier and, you know, so many of his, of his vehicles, all his vehicles, really, you look at him and you're like, no, it's not a million dollar car. And you, it doesn't have every single part, you know, carved out of a solid chunk of billet aluminum on a CNC. But at the same time, it was built with soul in, in mind, you know, with some, with detail just to make something that's just badass, you know, and, and that's what I feel like, you know, we try to do 
it's just build badass stuff, you know, and that's what we, you know, like I said, it's, there's something to be said about it. It's like, it sounds weird when you, when you say it out loud and, and well, all the re- But when you nail it, it's timeless. Right. Totally. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you want to see stuff that 10 years, 20 years down the road, you're like, yeah, that's still cool. No, it doesn't have the most modern right. stuff on it, but it's like, at the end of the day, you still want to drive an old car. You don't want to drive an AMG SL 6000 or whatever, you know, it's like you, you want to drive a freaking piece of crap, 65 Chevelle station wagon, you know, it's just like, that's just what yep. you want to, you know, it's like, that's what you want to drive, you know? So, Wait, where's like, my car to be? Why, why is my car? Oh, like, that was a shot that, in the half, man. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots man <laughs> down. Hey, at least mine runs. True. Uh, his shoots 18 foot flames out of the back. Yeah, it, it is sitting next to my car that, that's on jack stands right now, and they're both doing about the same thing. So, um, but they've got. But no, like, you know, like I, I was, even, I think I was even talking to Alan Budnick one time, and he, he, I figured that he'd be the first one to say, "Oh yeah, everything needs to be techy." But he actually said, you know, to me, he's like, "Yeah, if you, it's like I, if people want to build old cars, build a freaking old car." You know, I'm like alan budnick said this really i was like i would have told that i that he would be like on the leading edge of technology and want to have all this really cool stuff but you know i mean yeah. again you know you look at you know rob I, all of rob ida's stuff and it just is so timeless you know a lot of stuff is so far you know is very advanced but it's done in a timeless manner as well so it's like there's a time and place for using all these methods and and, and materials basically but it's just how you how you you know, go about it, I feel is, uh, you know, kind of a, I wouldn't say a dying art, but at the same time, a lot of people just kind of, you know, want to do these million dollar builds basically just for the sake of doing a million dollar build, you know, but how many of those million dollar builds, you know, go across Barry Jackson's auction block for (laughs) 250, 250 grand, you know, if you're lucky, if you're real lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, they're they're amazing. I mean, they're, they're, you cannot take anything away from any of the craftsmanship nope. and these like real crazy high end builds. But you see stuff like that, and then you see like Cheese Whiz, and we're like, well, Cheese Whiz is still really dated, but at the same same time, it's really just freaking cool, you know. And you, right. it's like there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just freaking cool. So to me, that's just more more pinnacle than you know having every single piece carved out of billet aluminum, you know. Mm-hmm. So oh, for sure. In that same vein, uh, you know, since we've done a lot of stuff with Lowrider Magazine, a lot of different Lowrider guys, you know, and uh, I feel like a lot of the, like, the newer, I mean, this is my own personal opinion, this is David speaking, by the way, uh, <laughs> that a lot of the interiors nowadays, to me, it's like, if you're going to build a Lowrider, why not actually, like, have stuff that's reminiscent of, like, OG Lowrider stuff, you know? It doesn't have, you don't oh, need to have sure. a street rod on hydraulics, you know? How you know you can mix like some crushed velvet in with leather, you know, do it tastefully, but just enough to kind of evoke that kind of you know to call back to the '90s style, you know, to the '80s style of crushed velvet, you know, button tufted, you know, type of type of interiors. You know, I just feel like that'd be just such a neat, like again, kind of a timeless throwback. You know, it's like I don't want to see you know cream and tan and taupe, you know, leather interior in in a, my lowrider. You know, just like make it. You know, give it some sort of soul to it. You know, you know, it doesn't have to be like a pro touring car with a candy paint job on it. You know, right? Yes, yeah. it does today. Some, some, some stuff just doesn't mix, and you can you can mix certain things with certain elements and really update it with giving a nod to the past. So, 
But it just Agreed, it feels like, that way today. It sure feels like everything has to be pro touringized, you know. I mean, I'm waiting mm-hmm. for Forge Line to come out with a set of you know hundred spokes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and knockoffs. Oh gosh. <laughs> what do you like a three piece carbon fiber hundred spokes? Now you're talking nice. my language, yeah. <laughs> I'd say okay. Let's let's do, let's put that out there. Uh, SEMA twenty nineteen, Angle Brothers slash Round Six. We're gonna do the ultimate pro touring Bellflower low rider car. <laughs> I'm totally down, but you gotta wait until like a week before SEMA before we actually start on it. Well, we're yeah, not even gonna buy the car until the just Tuesday so, before. Okay, good. So, just just so we can hashtag. SEMA, what was it, friggin' SEMA thrash? SEMA thrash. But every picture we take is going to be us with food. Like, Not actually 30. working on it. That's how it's going to go. And then you're like, well, of course you're not getting your car done because you guys ate out 722 times. Yeah, Instagram 20 pictures with you and your monster. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just laugh at that. We almost didn't make the show. Yeah, because your feed has... 8,726 pictures in it, and you just started it 30 days ago. Pro staff for Monster Energy Drink. Oh, that angers me to no end, and it's like, yeah. Oh, oh great, another flat-billed hat. Awesome, good job. Oh, your beard's getting yeah. better. You no, know, we, we should grow a SEMA beard this year. <laughs> well, I, I don't ha- I'm not bringing a square body, so. Oh, you know, <laughs> we can't do it then. Oh, and I don't have Bruh. enough black socks. Yeah. You know, every, every time SEMA socks. comes around, every time SEMA comes around, the town like runs out of tall tall cans of beer, right? Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, they like have to ship them in, especially for that. But we still run around. I mean, honestly, we still run around with every single group. We're we're friends with guys that are import guys. We're friends with guys that are mini truck guys, low rider guys, hot rods, drag racers. Oh yeah, because you know, at the end of the day. Most car people are really cool. Right, exactly. You always have that common bond of no matter what it is, it's still a car. And you, you can still look at it, and you, if, you're, if you're a real car guy, you will still appreciate the work that went into somebody's 95 Civic. Yeah. If they did it right, yeah. and they yeah. and they actually you know put, put a lot of effort into it, then there's nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with it. Yeah, you look at all the stuff in Japan. I mean, all the stuff they do with, with what, what we call imports, obviously is just utterly mind-blowing. The craftsmanship on some of those vehicles, I mean, obviously some of them are like way out in left field, like the Bozozoku style, I get it, but a lot of the stuff, you know, like their show cars are like just breathtaking, you know, the the detail that they put into these, you know, two Jay-Z motors and, you know, with, you know, five turbos on them and stuff. And, you know, it's just like, it's absolutely just mind-blowing the amount of de- attention to detail. And it's, it's nice seeing stuff like that because like yeah you sift through some of the stuff that's you know real gaudy or whatever just like over here but then you'll see that one where you're just like and it just like light bulb goes on and like i would have never thought to do that that way and unfortunately i can't remember what the artist's name is um but he's the one that basically will engrave a whole car and then like include the candy paint in it you know and it'll engrave through it and also he'll do Lay, you know, lay out all his tape patterns and basically in like filler primer and so you know and then clear the heck out of it 
And so everything looks like you could, like reach out and touch it. And he always has something, you know, something there and uh, at SEMA. And it is just like absolutely just mind blowing. You know, some of these like, you know, GTRs that he's done. And he, I think he, he did a couple of GTRs last year to where it looked it's fully three dimensional. I mean, I can't imagine, that, you know, it has like an inch thick of clear on the thing to, to bury it. But like stuff like that is the stuff that inspires you as an as an artist or as a fabricator, you know, being able to not be so jaded to say, oh, I would never look at an import. It's like, well, there's a, you know, you can learn from all sorts of different, you know, car people as long as you get past the junk, you know. So right. it's like it, everybody it, wants to kind of knock mini trackers and this and that. But at the end of the day, I mean, you if you actually looked hard at it, mini trackers, like there there's a lot of innovation going on and thinking outside the box and being able to do stuff with not a whole lot of resources. So, I mean, if you're if you're not willing to open your eyes and look at that, then you know that that's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, yeah we're we're friends with a lot of people that are you know quote unquote mini truckers. I mean, you know, like Bob Grant, I, I always come back to him because he's like such a he's a good friend of ours, and he is like the absolute master when it comes to customizing trucks. And you know, you can you can try and pigeonhole him as a mini trucker, but at the at the end of the day. Everything that he does with a MIG, I'd put it on par with anybody, you know, any craftsman that does stuff with a TIG, you know, any coach builder or whatever. So, and there's something to be said about the mini truck, the quote unquote mini trucker mentality um, of just getting it done, you know, no matter what it takes, you know, not being, not being stumbled by like, oh, I don't have, I can't do this or I can't do this. I can't, I don't have a CNC, whatever. It's like, you know, they just get stuff done. Sometimes they miss the mark, you know, maybe they're, if they don't have the... Oh, the, we all do. Exactly. Everybody does. But you know what? That mentality of just go get it and just do it and figure it out one way or another is like, you know, kind of what I personally look at. I'm like, wow, that's, you know, you can do anything, you know, just a matter of how, how much time it'll take you and how much effort you really want to put into it, but... I mean, the designs and, like, the end product of, of all of all of Bob's builds are just, like, it's utterly breathtaking, you know? So all these guys that say, take only this and take only that, it's like, that's, I'm, I'm sorry, I just, I, I've never been that type. I believe there's, I'm a strong believer that, that there's a tool and application for every single, you know, situation. You totally know? agree. And there's, there's a hundred different ways to skin a cat. You know, it's like, it, and people who say that you can't, you know, metal finish or hammer out a MIG weld just means that they're not hitting it hard enough. Right. So. Nice. Nicely played. And, you know, what's great, too, is like mini trucks for a lot of these guys, well, for a lot of us, period, that was kind of one of the gateways into it. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, it was you know. for me. My dad was always a hot rodder, and I couldn't afford a hot rod. I could afford a, a small pickup truck that. I could, you know, blow apart on, you know, Thursday night and have it back together to go to school Friday morning. That's right all on. I could afford. You know, it's yeah. just you, a couple gallons of raspberry paint, and uh, you were good to go, man. <laughs> hey, mine was peach and mint green, dude. <laughs> mint green with peach scallops. <laughs> of course it was. That's so sad. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were single for a long time, weren't you? Oh, no. No, the chicks dug that truck. <laughs> Maybe the girls you go out with. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, you you guys were you know still crawling around hypers back then. So you. Know. <laughs> wow, he's just firing shots. Oh, well, speaking of crawling around, uh, let let's take this a couple different ways. 
you guys made quite a splash for yourselves with some uh, pretty bitchin' little strollers. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll throw that one to Dave. I'll let him handle that one. Yeah, that one was a real <laughs> fluke thing, to be totally honest. Our, uh, our, our older sister actually had, had uh, our first nephew, actually. And so, of course, like any hot rod builder wants to do, they want to spoil the heck out of their nephews or, you know. And uh, so I'm like, well, you know, of course, you know, natural progression from building, you know, wagons and scooters and stuff like that. You know, I had, you know, in high school, I built a uh, my radio flyer wagon to, you know, basically look just like Pure Health, you know, the fuel altered. And so I still have that, actually. And so I'm like, well, you know, of course, we got to build something really cool and, and make it even better most likely super impractical but and so i'm like well i want to build this 55 chevy you know and make it make it a gasser you know make it real cartoony looking and mm-hmm. you know i don't even know how long this is like when i even started it and what when i even finished it um but i wanted it to be a surprise for for you know our sister and brother-in-law and <clears throat> so you know, during the course of this build, obviously, you know, you know, just like any other fabricator, you start working on your own stuff and kind of goes, you know, gets pushed to the back burner. And so, and then, uh, you know, right before SEMA, maybe like, I don't know, a month and a half or so before SEMA, uh, I don't even know how many years ago now, a few, you know, three years ago, uh, Danny D, our, you know, our good friend, our painter buddy, um, he's like, hey, what do you think about getting the stroller done you know, so we can have it in the, in the PPG booth? Uh, at SEMA, I'm like, okay, that's, you mean like this year? <laughs> um, hashtag SEMA thrash. Hashtag SEMA thrash. <laughs> Three weeks to go. Stroller <laughs> thrash. So, Me and yeah. my monster. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, I started this, you know, I started just mocking the thing up when we were working over at Five Axis, you know, just in our downtime. And so after that, uh, you know, I just basically like, well, I, I guess, you know, let's let's make it happen then, you know, if, if if uh, if you're down, then I'm down. Then you know, so you know, Greg and I basically just you know got to keep working on this thing and building it, and literally thrashed on it just right up until like you know the night before you know SEMA, uh, and I mean wow. practically assembling you know assembling it there at SEMA you know typical type type of a deal, and like I didn't even have time to even show our sister and brother-in-law and our and our nephew because he had already been born at that point you know I think he's a he was a couple months old, um, but literally pulled it out of the car. Of course, we transported in the back seat. You know, I mean, how many SEMA builds can say that they're transporting the back seat of a? <laughs> You've probably you know, ran better than most SEMA builds do. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> and so I literally pulled it out of the car, set it up, and I'm like, well, I know this thing's gonna go crazy. It's gonna, it's there's gonna be pictures on it and it says little Howard hustler on the side, you know, and it says Ingle brothers fabrication. So I'm like, it's going to be a dead giveaway to, you know? So, you know, I, I called up our sister Kim and FaceTime with, with her and her brother-in-law Greg. And I'm like, well, here you go. Surprise. I mean, unfortunately it's not at home, but here you go. This is, this is for our, our nephew Ewan. And, uh, you know, of course they were super stoked on it, you know? And so immediately I, I posted the picture of it and the thing just went, bananas i mean just it took on a life of its own just went viral i mean it was absolutely unbelievable i so, remember it yeah it was Ooh. yeah a little blue freaking 55 you know yep. chevy scroller you know hung up on the wall in the ppg booth 
and man, that thing just literally took on a life of its own. Like you couldn't have even imagined that it would even do something like that. So, and then like on that Friday, like probably about midday, I'm like, ah, it'd be kind of cool to walk around with this thing, you know? And you know, because I'm just kind of slowing down a little bit. I'm like, ah, let's let's walk out of there. And Greg had his had his little GoPro camera, so pulled down off the wall um, and uh, set up the GoPro on the on the roll bar and. You know, we just we didn't have a bar clamp for the thing. We just like t- you know use some athletic tape that I had, wrapped it on the bar, and just so we could do like a time lapse of us pushing this thing through the through the crowd at SEMA. And I mean, we might as well have been the Pied Piper pushing you know this thing through there. It was utterly ridiculous. At any given point, there's like a dozen people you know following us, videoing the silly thing. You know, I'm like, it's just a, it's just a kitty stroller with a candy paint job. I mean, it's it's neat obviously, but I mean, it was like unbelievable and i mean everybody's just like this is the absolute coolest thing here at SEMA. i'm like so you're comparing it to like million dollar multi-million dollar cars like yes by far this is the absolute coolest thing here at SEMA. i'm like uh okay well we're, we're definitely honored thank you you know <laughs> and so you know we took it over to the gopro booth and we're like eh, maybe you know maybe they'll toss us a bar clamp or something like that and see, or maybe they'll like it whatever and so they saw it, and you know the marketing you know, marketing people are like, uh, "We need to have this in our booth next year." I'm like, "Excuse me." I'm like, a little, "It's a little stroller. Your you know your booth is like probably 150 grand you know of, of footprint right here, and you want to have this in your booth next year next to you know you know Rampage from the Roaster Shop." Uh, yeah, I mean the the Colorado that the Roaster Shop did also. I mean it was just like. Um, uh, okay, sure, yeah. So I mean, like I said, that was kind of the beginning of it, and then after that, we had a you know a couple of customers that you know wanted them built, and so we built we built the Chevy van that was all made out of sheet metal. Again, yep. you know Bob Grant, you know built the the bulk of the body, and then we basically finished it all off, and and uh, you know I still have that one over here actually, and then obviously you had to build one for Danny D also for his granddaughter, and then. Uh, and then we, and then la- this last year we built a red one for, uh, <clears throat> for Tony Kane from uh, from Hughes Performance, you know, and because he wanted to be, you know for his grandson and be able to, for them to display it, you know, with all their booth spaces whenever they go cool. to car shows and whatnot. So, like I said, it's we just uh, we just automatically became known as the stroller guys. I'm like, well, you know, we build cars and stuff too, right? You're like, oh no, no, but you're the stroller builders. And I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> It's like that horrible nickname you got in high school that you just can't lose, right? Oh, totally, absolutely, like one hundred percent. Like you know, we you know we we have built like a full size gasser too, and we built you know the Hel Dorado, the you know the the Cadillac El Dorado for Joe Ray from you know head of Lowrider magazine. Uh, you know, it's like we built a lot of really cool like full size like adult stuff, you know, and not not adult, you know, like Brian talked about adult stuff, but, um, but uh. Yeah, I'm just, but like I said, it's just one of those things that, you know, it captivates people and, and I mean, it just grabs them because obviously it's more than just a, you know, more than just a vehicle. It's, you know, it's, it's a piece of art really. And everybody wants one for their kids, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they really are so detailed that, it, I mean, you might as well just build an, an, you know, an actual real car because there's so many moving parts to the silly thing because they got cross steering and, you know, they have, you know, 12 degrees of camber in them because you got the wheels flop over, of course, you know, being that it's, you know, drag stuff. But, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, we just, 
everybody seems to know us as the stroller builders, you know, between that and then the VA go-kart that, that Greg built. Uh, yeah, the VA go-kart basically came to us from a friend of ours who always had the strangest collection of oddball stuff. Uh, I mean, he had a gas-powered pogo stick. He had pocket carts, the little tiny, tiny go-karts. Uh, I mean, he had the, the Conley V8 the little miniature scaled down V8s. So he had those, he had a hydroplane with one of those motors in it, the little RC <laughs> hydroplane. And he always, he always had the oddball stuff. So he came to us with this idea of building this V8 go-kart and we're like, yeah, sure. Of course. Why not? Why wouldn't we want to make this work? Um, so, well, yeah, I basically, I had started with the whole conversation because I'm like, you know, I, I really want to, I still to this day want to build a go-kart for myself, which uh, hopefully Brian will assist in. Um, but, you know, I was talking to this, to this guy, basically saying, I want to build something, but I want to think of like some sort of a cool motor, you know, and so we're like, well, why don't we just put a small block V8 in it? So, and, you know, that rolled into, you know, work, striking the deal and, and this, that, and the other, so. Yeah, and then we ended up with a uh, go kart with a 350 in it and cross ram with levers and you know like any sane person should have. Of course. Yeah, everybody kept saying like, oh, you should stretch it out and you should, you know you don't really fit very well in it. It doesn't look very safe and your head's right next to the to the exhaust and the intake. I'm like, yeah, it looks scary. That's why it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody everybody talks about build me. your own. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, what about these go-karts with, like, the Hayabusa motors in them, and they're stretched out? I'm like, oh, well, they're kind of, uh, I'm sure it'd be fun as heck to drive, but, I'm like, that's not scary looking. You need something that's just, like, tiny wheelbase, just, like, all freaking motor and a little bit of humanoid in the front, you know? <laughs> yeah, some some idiot that's dumb enough to try and pilot it. Right. And, like, you know, it basically would have to be direct drive, killing the tires for the thing to even turn because it's a live axle with 300 pounds sitting on the back of it. And mind you, if it hit a pebble, it's going to bend that axle right in two, you know? So it's like, there's a lot of things that are not, you know, really helping it out on top of the fact that the brakes are there just for, you know, as a placebo. And you basically want to probably just a giant kill switch to make the thing stop because there's no way those brakes are making that thing stop. What about a parachute? Maybe parachute. Maybe, maybe. Maybe an ejector seat or something like that. A parachute on the person, maybe, you know, to Ooh, get you nice. away from it. Yeah, there's clearly no room for a parachute on the uh, on the go-kart, so. Right, no. Yeah, so it became a meme, basically, and it's just like, all right, I guess it's a rite of passage when, you know, you, you become a meme and it, it goes viral and, uh, <laughs> you know, your, your name's technically not really even attached to it. I'm like, all right, well, I guess, I guess we made it then. You went all Polish viral on that one. It's like, that's our picture. It's like, where's your name? I don't know. <laughs> that's the story of my life. <laughs> so, okay, weirdest segue I'm going to try to... Well, not the weirdest segue I'm going to make, because I've got a weird We had those earlier. Yeah, yeah, we've had a few of those. Yeah, but, we've had a number of them. But... Um, like, okay, obviously, to, to build cool stuff, you got to have tools, and man... Greg, you load Instagram with some of the coolest old freaking tool finds. Mm-hmm. How the hell are you finding these things? Uh, I'm just getting pretty lucky with it, actually. It's just kind of a uh, a byproduct of where I'm at here in Colorado. 
you know, at first it started off as a necessity as since I broke off from Dave here in California, I moved out here and uh, I needed my own equipment and stuff like that. So I started just searching out all these sales and Craigslist and uh, garage sales, estate sales, stuff like that. And I just keep coming across all this stuff and me being me, I come across something, I'll pick it up, I'll just research the living hell out of it and start finding all, finding finding out about uh, all the different equipment that I've been finding and what else is cool out there and kind of starting to look, look for that. So um, it's just kind of this really terrible monster that's uh, evolved and now I just can't <laughs> help myself. Like every weekend I'm scouring my phone trying to find where's the sale and looking in corners of pictures of sale like, oh, what do they got over here on this workbench? And uh, it's, it's pretty terrible. It's a sickness now because it's just so readily, readily available. But you like, you never find like the weird thing. It's like, well, I just found this vintage tool from, you know, Harbor freight from 1986. (laughs) You never seem to find that. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of that out here, but, uh, I just happen to luck out and find cool stuff like, uh, giant nine foot, uh, um, radial arm drill presses from the 1920s and things like that you should preface that with giant for anyone else for you that's like you know <laughs> i found this small well, size. Size. This, this mediocre sized drill press this, this hand yeah. tool for us um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh yeah i mean that 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 was just a that was a unique find to be able to find that uh estate sale it turned out that that was a machinist fabricator guy that used to work for Coors out here, and he had the most amazing shop you've ever seen in your life. I mean, he was his big passion, I guess, was uh, was uh, rebuilding vintage motorcycles, twenties, thirties uh, motorcycles, and he was casting his own pistons. I mean, he had full blown giant machine shop. He had a press that was probably it was all homemade hydraulic press and it was probably 12 feet tall uh mm-hmm. like i said this this radial arm drill the thing probably had to weigh every bit of five thousand pounds um Dude. i mean he had he had all sorts of stuff and this is all at his shop at home and it was, he had 440 uh electrical plumbed in there <laughs> so it was yeah i mean the stuff that you find out here is just unbelievable and a lot of it finds me just on accident. Like we were at, a, we were once again at another estate sale looking for furniture. They weren't even advertising this piece of equipment, but my wife hits me up because we split off. I go for the garage. She's in the house. She ends up down in the basement. She's like, hey, are you looking for a drill press? I'm like, well, not really. I just bought one out here. But so I went down there. It turned out to be uh, early 1950s uh, Craftsman drill press. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those, but those things are gorgeous. I mean, they've got chrome, they've got like really? uh, bre- like brush stripes on it. All the motors held together with uh, chrome, like acorn nuts, and I mean, they're just amazing. And this thing probably has oh, been sitting cool. down in this guy's basement since it was brand new, and the thing is completely immaculate. Not one speck of rust on any of the chrome or anything like that. I mean, the thing was amazing condition. So, and I ended up picking it up for like $120. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
needless to say, I, and then of course I find all this stuff and I have a hard time letting go. So right now I actually have two drill presses of which I only need one. And don't want but, to get rid of either. No, I don't. I really don't. What you need to do is, is talk the wife into putting one on display in like the living room. Could you make a table <laughs> out of it? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I could add a lampshade or something to yeah, it. Can you make Can you make a mixer out of it? No? <laughs> Maybe you display on the kitchen. Nobody'd ever see it. Actually, you guys should see Greg's mixer. That's. Oh yeah, it's probably the world's most expensive KitchenAid mixer. Oh, no. uh, Dan, yeah, Dan, Danny did. Uh, Danny D did an amazing paint job on that thing. He probably has about. Four, I think he said he had about forty hours worth of oh. candy candy lowrider paint job on this uh, KitchenAid mixer. It's a two thousand wow. dollar paint job on a four hundred dollar KitchenAid. Yeah. <laughs> if you can justify bringing home an old tool. Or something like that. I mean, it's hard to justify bringing home that box full of, like, Barry Manilow 8-tracks. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, it would depend on who you're with, I guess. You, uh, you sound like you're speaking from experience here. Yeah. No, I, of course. Speaking for a friend, yeah. 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 I ask for a friend who... Go, goes really well with your velvet paintings. <laughs> His velvet paintings, oh, okay. yes. <laughs> So okay, I guess that can, that can kind of that can kind of like almost segue just him finding tools like that uh, into. I, I always want to like encourage people who are like getting into fabricating just to like don't get discouraged trying to find the newest, latest, most expensive tools. Like go out and find like these you know you know old antiquated tools which are obviously far superior because they've lasted this long, even craftsman stuff or whatever, and so. Just go out and just get you know start you know piling up these tools basically so you can actually if you want to actually legitimately get into fabricating just just do it you know just get, right. go out and just start doing it. Yeah, because I mean when we started fabricating, we really I mean up until these last couple of years, we really did not have any sort of equipment, I and mean, we didn't have a stomp here until maybe two three years ago. Yeah. Everything was hand cut, electric shears, whatever, and we didn't have slip rollers and English wheels and all that stuff. Like you just kind of will find a way, and yeah, it may take you a little bit longer, but at the same time, it's it's you know on the flip side of that, you got all these guys that have all the coolest latest equipment. They've got uh, they they have the big giant power hammers and all this stuff and. But they don't really always know how to use this, use it. So it's like, well, I mean, who's right? Who's wrong? So, but you can do a lot with very little. I mean, look at like the old, uh, old metal shapers from back in the day. They had a, they had a hammer and a tree stump. Yeah. So. Yeah, you could do a lot with very little. Like, it may not necessarily be the fastest way around, but you could do just about anything if you set your mind to it. For sure. That's what I tell people. I'm like, if you, if you want to be a metal shaper, here you go. Here's a little, you know, piece of, you know, strip of sheet metal. Bend it. There you go. You're a metal shaper. It's like, it's just a matter of, like, knowing how to accomplish what you want to accomplish. But it's the vision that, you know, is, is like, that's that's the training, basically, is having the vision of knowing what you want to accomplish and then, you know, just asking all the right people. I mean, 
you know, we, we again we talked about Rob Ida. I mean, he's become such a good friend of ours and a, an amazing mentor. It's like we looked up to him, like he when we were when we were kids. I mean, when his you know Orange Willies was on the cover of Street Rider. I mean, he still right. has that thing. You know, chop top Mercedes headlights. You know, original ZR1 motor. I mean, that thing was like so far ahead of its time. And I just drooled over that thing when I first saw it in the magazine. You know, I re- reverse, you know, uh, mounted wheels, you know, so where all the lugs were on the backside of it. Yeah. I mean, just epic stuff. And now he's like one of our best friends, you know, in the fabricate in the fabricating world. Just and like all you do is basically just ask intelligent questions of all these guys and become good friends with them. And that's what makes this whole hobby obsession profession, you know, such a cool deal. Is like again, to meet guys like that and guys like you and just like people who inspire you and will help you get to your goal. Uh, and, you know, not even your goal, really just like, just helps you grow and inspires you, you know, artistically and, uh, and skill wise, basically, you, don't, you know, you just pick up something from everybody, you know? And I mean, we've got a story, you know, just seem like with the most random people one way or another. Uh, What's that? What is someone, that? Sounds like someone's snoring. To fall asleep. So we got a dog or something. <laughs> oh, my dog, my dog's up here. He's and a pug. He's he's out. <laughs> I was like, what the frick? That's not gonna count. No, no. I'm like, oh, sorry, I got boring for a second there. I actually <laughs> had my mic on mute for a short period because he was freaking going to town, man. I had to kind of push him to roll him over a little bit. Nobody. I'm sitting here going, wait a second, Brad's not here. <laughs> yeah where how about that where is brad yeah he's been having oh. wi-fi problems all week and oh, is that what he calls it well yeah does someone not show him how to hotspot or i don't know <laughs> is, yeah. old ti- is old timers kicking in yeah old timers <laughs> yeah. he's trying to figure out how to hook up, hook up the, the video camera to the rotary phone or something he doesn't have <laughs> compu serve on his flip phone <laughs> And plug I into, into his AOL. Serve. That sounds. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, wow. Someone send him another AOL D, uh, CD. Okay. <laughs> Needs his free minutes. Yeah. SBCGlobal.net. Yeah. <laughs> what was the other? Oh, Net Zero. Holy crap! Net Zero. Yeah, Net Zero. Alta, Alta Zero. Vista. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a Fun. walk down memory lane. Now we're all Jeez. dating ourselves. Yeah. Well, you know, some of us more than others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> what are you saying about your eyesight? <laughs> it's true what they say. Uh, six seconds, huh? You should see how big my hands are. <laughs> oh, big forearms, I hear. Yeah, that's right. They must be hips. Yeah, at least one of them. Really hairy. Um, <laughs> Not a switch hitter, huh? No. <laughs> well, you know, when you get to my age, you find something you like and you just go with it. Right, right. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, basically, I, I think uh, just to, to recap, I think this whole, I, I don't even, to, I, I don't even consider us any sort of celebrities. I don't even know, I don't even know why you guys have us on, unless we're just this filler, but I, uh, I do. I Okay, this is gonna sound corny and stupid, and I won't smoke up your ass. Uh, I thoroughly, a, I, I love you guys because you guys are super talented. You're super humble. You guys, you're totally inspiring. 
I mean, if, if anybody goes on and I want to make sure we have your Instagrams and everything like that, and I'll put those in the show notes too, so people can find you if they don't know who you are. Um, you guys, if you go on like your Instagram or your Facebook, it's always inspiring. I mean, yes. you look at that stuff, you're like, damn, I'm like from just a finding cool tools, B to, to posting cool stuff you're working on. Mm-hmm. You guys are kind of the epitome of what makes this whole thing really cool. Yeah, no, I, and that's what I was gonna say. Like, I, I deeply appreciate that, and 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 even the, what makes this the coolest thing is, I mean, going to car shows is cool and seeing the cars and whatnot. But the absolute coolest part is getting to meet the people behind it all. You know, like oh, you guys, like you know, the Robs, the Jimmy Smiths, the Bob Grants, like all these guys that make this whole deal. I mean, and maybe we're just all enabling each other in some sort of a you know, just stick and <laughs> twisted just. <laughs> you know, Looney Bin Asylum or whatever, but yeah, whatever to, me, to yeah. me, that's truly what makes it all worthwhile. I mean, is is getting to see the true nuts and bolts, you know, high, <laughs> air quotes nuts, um, <laughs> you know, in this whole industry, you know. And I mean, you know, a lot of people get caught up in the glitz and the glamour of, you know, of the celebrity and the, the million dollar vehicles and this and that, you know. And, and I mean, it's really cool, don't get me wrong, but every time we go to steam or anything like that it's literally getting to it's just like a class reunion every time we go there and get to hang out and just like have just poke fun at all our friends you know all our talent super amazingly talented friends and and i mean thank you social media basically for being able to bring you know us you know together basically with all these people you know again like yourselves and just being able to like meet all these people that are like you know we've looked up to i mean I can't even tell you how many times I've ran across people who have built cars that I've, you know, that and build, you know, multiple vehicles that I've just, you know, I, I can't, I can never put a face to them. Then all of a sudden they start following us just out of the blue. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, it's like, right. you know, the, the Scott Sullivan's of the world, you know, and like, these are like the, you know, yeah. not that they're gods or anything like that, but like, you know, these are freaking epic freaking car guys, you know, this is like, this is awesome, you know? And, and they just and, uh, still hang out and talk with you. and Yeah, exactly. You know, just just sit there and just, you know, talk crap with you. And just, like, you know, just talk shop and just whatever. And just, like, getting to, getting to see how demented these people are. And just amazingly talented. And, you know, again, like you said, just to become so inspired. It's like that is, to me, is priceless. Just to be, to be inspired is, like, you can't put any sort of dollar figure on it. You know, and to me, that's the best part in the entire universe. Right. And then get to be, basically sit... Basically, you feel like classes in session every time you, you know, even if you're just out partying with these people, it's like, it's just, you're always learning something from them, you know? So that's, I think that would be the takeaway that I would hope that someone who's just getting into this whole deal would get, would gain from it, you know? Because I mean, you know, it's just, it's so cool just being able to just feel like you can build anything from nothing, you know? Right. I mean, we've had we've had people come up to us even at SEMA like, hey, you know, my son's kind of getting into fabricating or whatever, wants to get into hot rod building. You know, what what kind of uh, words of advice would you give to him? And I always say, you know what? Talk to the older generation. Talk to whoever you can. Just kind of close your mouth, suck it all in and just kind of glean all the information that you really can from all these different people. Cause everybody will have a different view, a different take on it, a uh, different, uh, you know, a different way to shape things or whatever. Uh, there's always a different perspective to be seen. So if you can really 
sit there and just take it all in and not be closed minded and say like, I'm the best at this. I'm whatever. I don't want to listen to what you have to say. I mean, you'll pick up a lot of stuff if you're able to just open your mind up and just, you know, talk to everybody that you can. Right. Yeah. Cause of course you can always pick and choose like how, how you want to approach things, but it's hearing how everybody else does it. You're like, that helps you like, all right, what am I most comfortable with? You know, if I want to shape this compound shape, Am I going to make it out of two pieces or am I going to make it out of one? Am I going to use my Harbor Freight planishing hammer to make this shape or do I want to use my, you know, you know, $5,000, you know, CP hammer, you know, it's like, it's just, or do I want to use a freaking hammer and a stump? You know, it's like, it's all whatever people are most comfortable with. And that's what I want to like, I think that just reiterate that people just, if they want to do it, just freaking do it. You know, don't be scared. Don't be scared of messing up. You know, I think that's probably the biggest thing for the younger generation is that they've been, told so much that they're going to screw it up and, right. and you've got to start somewhere. And yeah, if you don't I have anybody every to... single day, you know, it's like, come right. on. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, if you don't have, you know, if you, if you've had the courage squashed out of you, then you don't want to pick up that piece. You don't want to pick up that tool and damage something. And right. so, you know, there's so, I think so many people are stuck on, uh, you know, I'm just, I, I don't want to screw it up. I'll wait for somebody to teach me. And I think most craftsmen had a little bit of guidance, but most craftsmen have taught themselves right. almost everything. Right. It's a little bit of guidance and a lot of, a lot of bit of time. Absolutely. Yeah, so, <laughs> a lot of bit of freedom to be able there to just kind of do whatever you want and make mistakes. Yep. Yeah. It's like you don't need that $10,000 Miller dynasty machine. You know, you can, you can get stuff done with, you know, whatever that you want in order to weld two, you know, glue two pieces of metal together, you know, it's just, right. uh, you know, just matter yes. how much effort you want to put into it. I was like, I'll never claim to be a welder, but I can put two pieces of metal together pretty decently. So right. <laughs> I can weld JB weld. Right. <laughs> and my dad's a TV repairman. <laughs> oh boy it's a set of tools well I think a lot of it too is a lot of the older guys sometimes kind of look at the younger generation and they just like oh I'm not into what those guys are doing and they don't really want to talk to them I mean some of the younger guys they're into the import stuff I'm cool with that I mean I like a lot of the import stuff too but some of these guys are like nope not going to talk to them don't care for yeah. what they do they don't mm -hmm. get it it's like they don't get it because there's nobody there to mentor them not right. a fan yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right. Hey, just, I, I may not like what like the style the guy's doing, but the guy has the enthusiasm, and that's important. Right. It's the enthusiasm and the passion to right, to, to right. make whatever they want happen. It's like you know. Yeah. Some people are very quick to criticize people's builds and this and that, which I mean everybody kind of does. But at the end sure. of the day, if that guy built what makes him happy, that's all that really matters. And who are you to try right. and naysay or try to take that away from him? Yeah, as long yeah. as it's safe and not going to fall apart on the road, like some, you know, build that we see, like <laughs> yeah, rat rod that we right, see. Right, right. You know, I'd, I'd say that's where I put my foot down. But other than that, it's like more power to them. If they want to put whatever shape that they want to it, then cool. As long as they're being safe, you know. I remember yeah. years, years ago, I went to a car show one time and my stuff was not ready. And I was kind of critiquing everybody's stuff and I was being real loud. And one of my buddies called me out and he goes, at least this guy's having fun with his stuff. After that, I've never been the same. After yeah. that, I don't critique nothing. Hey, if I don't, if I'm not really a crazy fan about what I'm about ready to walk up on, I'll just kind of take a quick pass at it and keep walking. But I won't right. say nothing. Yeah, exactly. Hey, that, that's that guy's favorite car, and that's all that matters. Yep. Right. And yeah, I mean, as long as somebody's building something, it, this whole thing progresses. 
I think that's that's the point of it. We don't want to lose this. We don't have a generation that grows up and goes, well, those guys are complete dicks. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Why do you want to be involved yeah. with that? We, we can't all be elitists. That'd be, dude. I mean, there's elitists in anything, but. Sure. God, dude. I yeah, but it's, it's always good to see, like, the, the garage builds that just come out of nowhere and just, you yeah. know, take care, just blindside everybody yeah. with, like, holy crap, that thing is amazing. Like, oh, this guy built this entire thing, did the paint all by himself, all out of his house. Yeah. yeah. See, know, that's, that's why I love. Yep. That's, we, we've discussed this a lot. And, and, you know, the cars are built in a two car garage by a guy and a couple of his friends over, you know, four or five years. And they just did the best that they could do. You know, I mean, we all do that. We, you know, we'll fabricate something like, ah, you know what? I can do this a little bit better. But they do. And they turn out this incredibly bitchin' vehicle or, or just a part on a vehicle because mm-hmm. they took the time. That's what we love seeing is the real world stuff. Not right. these seven eight figure builds they yeah. just the, they're beautiful but they don't captivate me right exactly the detail it, doesn't cost a lot of money it really yeah. doesn't yeah totally yeah, yeah i think that that's kind of falls under the 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 generation of i got a plasma table cool it looks like an erector set <laughs> like I, I don't know what to tell you like you know I'm, i may cut things out by hand and it may take me a lot longer but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't look like an erector set yeah, yeah. so you know, and on the same token, though, there's the guys out there where you can tell it's like, hey, what do you do for your day job? I make wrought iron, you know, fences. Oh, you never know. And it's kind of like, yeah. Never would have guessed. Yeah, your frame rails are 18 inches on center. Nice. <laughs> oh, you're better. Oh, good. Perfect. Yeah. You know, so let's, but, let's reconvene because I want to go over tons of stuff with you guys but let's okay. so let's make this a point uh somewhere between now and that show that everybody thrashes for <laughs> yeah. yeah survivor Wait, which show is that survivor las vegas um oh, right. <laughs> if nobody's done one yet i'm gonna make a logo that looks like the survivor logo it's gonna say like you know Oh, nice. So like outwit. the tribe has spoken. <laughs> you have been voted off the island. Don't be the weakest link. Outfab, outpost. Oh wait, outfab, out hashtag. You know, outthrash, oh, out monster, out monster. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was a little Diesel Brothers project you guys did. Not to go no, deep on it, because I think that warrants almost an entire episode unto itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we I got... definitely say would. Um, there's so much to go into that. It, it is, I mean, obviously, it was it was an honor to, to even be on, you know, a TV show, you know, in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, our buddy Joel for Overkill Racing and Chassis, he brought us on, you know, along with a bunch of other amazing fabricators that became our real good friends. You know, Tom Coldheart Art, you know, Mark Winchester. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, the... the the list is endless. I, mean, I don't want to, you know, feel, I feel bad for leaving anybody's names out, but I mean, you know, even the guys out there, Spark Motors, I mean, it was just like, it was such an amazing, incredible experience. I mean, talk about a, just, a, you know, kind of a thrash, but, you know, basically on, on our own accord, because like, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah, let's do that. Let's just keep adding more work to it for ourselves, you know, for, for this deadline, you know? <laughs> yeah. We need it done in two weeks. Yeah, this list yeah, is so supposed we, to get smaller. 
Yeah, it's like, but when we showed up, it was basically a shell of a cab, a rolling chassis, and suspension that was marginally hung. And in That's roughly. That's my nickname, by the way. <laughs> 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 oh, and my bottle's empty. That sucks. Uh, anyways, um, so. Yeah, we basically took it from that to done in seven weeks worth of time, roughly. Yeah. And, I mean, there wasn't one panel, I mean, one bracket. Not it, There wasn't anything that was bolt-on on that thing. Everything was touched. Every panel was custom. Uh, all the suspension components, all, like I said, the engine bracketry, uh, everything top to bottom was custom on that thing. So, I mean, everybody just killed themselves. We had a small army working on that thing and it was 10, 12 hour days and, you know, I wouldn't replace it for anything. I mean, working alongside some of these guys that were just so talented as so much to learn from these guys. It was just, it was amazing. You know, sometimes getting thrown into a project like that, sometimes you figure like, oh, there's going to be egos, there's going to be this or that, or people are buttheads. Or, but for some, like Joel just Joel from Overkill, he just put together an awesome team. Everybody meshed really well, and you know, with sleep deprivation and stuff like that, and uh, differences in styling, you know, you're going to kind of come come to different little. Uh, I don't know, artistic differences, I guess, if you will. But at the end of the night, we all went out, had beers, we laughed and had a good time. And it was just the most amazing experience ever. Awesome. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And and basically, we were were basically put in charge. It was basically me, Greg, and then Tom. Um, We were basically thrown in there just like, all right, here you go. Just figure out all the sheet metal. And oh, oh, by the way, the cab has to be able to come off the all tube chassis and roll cage and so oh yeah the floors have to be actually unbolt you know be able to unbolt out of there make it all modular oh yeah and so yeah so so the whole the whole interior the floor pan the trans tunnel everything comes out with 101 bolts wow arp bolts mind you yeah of course course. thanks bob thanks bob (laughs) Bob (laughs) nice bob does over See, see, connecting dots here, and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, another thing, like uh, one of the trips where we we left and then came back, and our job was basically to to do the uh, the basically the whole front clip was left, you know, inner fender wells and all that stuff. But due to the time crunch, I'm looking at this thing, and you know, I think Greg, Greg had gone home early because he had uh, something to do. But and so I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, how the heck are we gonna actually make all these aftermarket? panels try and fit worth a crap you know i mean all the gaps were just horrific you know i mean it's just you know it's all just aftermarket sheet metal it's just not meant to fit you know like a freaking riddler car of any sort hetero in taiwan yeah and so i'm looking at it i'm like you know it'd be so much easier if we just welded the whole front end together and just made our own gaps and then made like a you know kind of a corvette size you know a mid-year hood basically for the thing and and you know long story short you know you know, I got with Joel and, you know, got with Damon, you know, the body guy out there. And I'm like, so what do you think if we just weld the whole freaking front end together? Then we don't have to worry about any sort of inner structure, inner fender wells, all that stuff. It saves a lot of fabrication time. And, you know, I mean, it, it creates more work, but at the same time, it also will save on some body work trying to, you know, fitments and gapping and all that crap, you know, let yeah. alone once it's all painted, you have to bolt all the crap together and make it all fit again, you know? And so... 
it just worked out perfectly that everybody was on this, was on board with it and it's like one of the most you know integral parts of that whole thing you know that you know it fits around the turbo sticking through the hood and you know it was another one of those things that you know we weren't sure because we had to you know kip wanted to run the the compound turbos and so you know, we, we ran the big turbo out in the front of the thing, which is a very polarizing, you know, design, you know, aspect of that whole vehicle. But yeah, it's a very love it or hate it kind of feature. But literally, we hung the turbo from a, from a cherry picker for probably about 45 minutes to an hour trying yeah. to place it in different positions and trying to figure out, can <laughs> we hide this somewhere? OK, if this thing's laid out, is the wheel going to hit it? You know, can we mount it in the rear? No, we can't because we because of the tube chassis design. We can't run all the piping through it. I mean, it was really oh. the only option. It was going to yeah, come through like the hood, 90, and that was it. This is a 98 <laughs> millimeter turbo, I and mean, the thing's like the size of our, our heads put together. I mean, the thing is a giant freaking you know turbo sticking through. And it's like that. We there's literally nowhere to put this thing. I mean, we were talking about all <laughs> sorts of things trying to make it actually fit let alone have the exhaust come into it and then go back out of it because obviously yeah. it had like, you know, a four and a half inch or five inch, you know, freaking, you know, exhaust coming out of it. I'm like, well, we can't go out of the fenders of the thing. So we could do like a reverse, col you know, collector basically going from the four inch into like four individual, like inch and a half tubes, maybe, you know, or two inch tubes. And then you could like snake those out of the fender, you know, so there's all sorts of different things that are, Around, which I still think would be kind of cool actually to do a, a reverse collector into exhaust outlet. But um, yeah, again, that's that's like the first thing that people look at on that thing. And they're like, oh, it looks hideous with the turbo or people really freaking dig it because it's a diesel. And right. like it, it really just came down to like there is nowhere else to put it. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it comes, it's, it's, it, yeah, it comes down to the necessity as a mother of invention. So right. I think that's kind of what I like about the truck. There were so many different disciplines and guys working on it, and the entire package at the end looked like a very nicely designed truck. It really yeah. did. No. Yeah. And, yeah you and got guys that are strictly really diesel off. guys, guys that are strictly four by four guys. You know, you know, you guys are hot rod fabricators, and so it all seemed to mesh pretty well. Right, yeah, and like I, I said, that all kind of comes full circle to to having just having Joel assemble such just a great team and somehow he just handpicked them and he nailed it. Yeah. And we didn't kill each other in the process. So, you know, so <laughs> yeah. We go out to dinner and just bounce a bunch of ideas. Yeah. Well, which which, these which, guys look like a fun bunch to hang around with too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah it's definitely a very, a very interesting crew and there was never a dull moment. Yeah, that between is. between uh, a lot a lot of colorful language, a lot of energy drinks, and uh, occasional uh, fireworks. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It looks like those guys and... that pull some pranks. You got to be careful. You're almost afraid. You know what's going <laughs> <next>. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a boys' club there. That's for sure. There 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 are no boundaries. Everything is uh, free game right there. <laughs> Yeah, we, we've been pretty fortunate with uh, the different stuff we've gotten to work on between hot rods to concept cars to now a TV show and just kind of doing our own thing. You know, we've kind of done a little bit of everything and we're very grateful. But at the end of the day, you know, we're still pretty small fish in a very large pond. So we're just grateful for anything that, that we're able to be a part of. Right on, man. Yeah, but all those guys that mentored you guys back in the days and guys that you guys looked up to, believe me, there's guys out there that are looking up to you guys right now. So I know, which is a really weird and scary thought. Well, really you know, well, you guys are good ambassadors for uh, the hobby. You really are. 
ambassadors or bastards? Whatever works. Ooh. Yeah. Inglorious ambassadors. Oh. <laughs> Come on, There's another SEMA t-shirt. There we go. <laughs> and I definitely encourage anybody, if, if anybody, any of the listeners ever really want to like come up and talk to us just about anything, I, I mean, you know, it, we have no problem answering questions. You know, it's just, you know, if you, if you want to know about stuff, it's like there's no secrets here. It really is. It's just, it's just work and it's just desire and passion. Yeah. That is the bottom line, you know, yeah. so definitely, you know, no, no one is ever too good to talk to anybody. Amen and, to that. And I will, I will vouch for the fact that there, you have no problem talking about anything. I mean, we've talked about uh, things I won't mention here on the yeah, air. Yeah, please, please don't. Yeah, we don't want, please, we don't want to hear it. Yeah, we, we don't want to lose all the sponsors possibilities. <laughs> we want to lose all of your sponsor. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't say thank you guys enough. I mean, for for making time, yeah. and it's yeah. tough. I mean, you know, everybody's in their own separate area. You know, shit, dude. Well, we spanned a number of states tonight, didn't we? California, we did. Arizona, yeah. holy crap, Utah. Arizona, Utah, Colorado. Duke. Yeah. Western Hemisphere. We nailed it all. And to top it all off, I'm not going to say who it is, but we've got one Brazilian among us. Uh, <laughs> No. Alex, you is, shaved again. You manscaped again. Yeah, always. always. Uh, it's speedo season. I have to. <laughs> but as far as you guys, where can we find you online? Uh, Ingle Bros Fabrication. Just go to our Instagram. It's the most you know updated yeah. thing. We don't know Instagram. what websites are apparently. Yeah, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook. And our phone numbers are one nine hundred. Oh, sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah, if you, if you want to find them on Grinder, it's Angle of the Dangle. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Angle of the Dangle. All right. Angle of the Dangle. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Never heard that one either. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna lay awake all night long texting you with new ones. I don't want to know what you do. At Wait, night. with oh. with nude nude ones? What'd you say? <laughs> oh, I could <laughs> do nude one. ones too. Why not? Oh God, please don't. Uh... I'll be like, oh, oh wait, what do you see? My I'm doing an artistic one. I'm doing play on words now with it. I'm doing the Leaning Tower of Pizza. Oh, That's an God, nobody one. wants to see that. Uh, this is this is completely different interview than Rob's. That's all. That's his not what I signed up for. Hey, we we try to tailor it to our guests. Um, and only nothing but the classiest for you, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I mean, Bob, Bob's was insightful. It actually had like real like numbers and stuff like that, and ours had no numbers. Numbers and facts and historical yeah. coolness, and ours was yeah. just uh, a bunch oh, of BS, really. Yeah. Yours yeah, did too have numbers right at the pleasant. end. One nine hundred. Some some hidden double entendres. Um, you know. <laughs> There will be more added to the Facebook post, I'm sure. Of course. Oh, never. Never. We'll be no. creative no. editing things. Can I have you say the following words to make editing easier? <laughs> <laughs> Monkey. Spatula. Yeah. Oh, this, God. It's and, like, and this is when six-round podcasts started going down. Yeah, it's like trying to watch a white man can't jump on, like, USA. <laughs> God. 
on a rainy night when you run the cable from your neighbor's house. Not that I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, oh, gentlemen. All right. Well, you well, guys you have a have a great night. Yeah, thank, thank you. you guys thank you very much well. for having us. Honestly. Thanks for had, thanks for being we here. We had fun. Man. We hope you did. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, if I could be sponsored it, by Kirkland in life, I'd be set. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> they probably have TIG wire and or TIG rod and abrasives. I'm sure. You know. <laughs> if not, uh, they damn well should. Um, right. TIG All rod right. comes in a pack of five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Like Family it. size. <laughs> You're wheeling out of there. Like, you know, yeah. A gross of Oreos, a pack full of 80 grit sanding discs. Life size uh, Aunt Jemima. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm going to say it since you mentioned it. Uh, I. I really got to say that I think Life Size Aunt Jemima would be the greatest name ever for a funk cover band. <laughs> <laughs> Life Size Aunt Jemima. Nice. <laughs> oh, Someone's getting that URL right now. <laughs> Brian's already got it. Yep. <laughs> I am going to call this one Life Size Aunt Jemima, though. That's going to be beautiful. <laughs> Mm, sweet brown sugar. <laughs> hey, Eric, that was your nickname in high school. Yes, it was. <laughs> We're not allowed prefer, to say what Alex is like. I, no, 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 white chocolate. But you know, that. yeah, white chocolate. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Good, looking forward to having you guys on again, man. Thank you. Do you think they will? Anytime. Well, they'll do anything Thanks, for guys. a dollar. I've seen their products. I, I think. I think this is the letting us down nicely thing. They are never right. going to call yeah. us back. Yeah. It's, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this doesn't just, happen all the time. Yeah, all, yeah very rarely. It happens to lots of guys Eric's age. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, wait, it happens to lots of guys Brad's age. Right. Yeah. Thanks again to Dave and Greg Engel for, for coming on the show, having a good time with us. Uh, again, we do look forward to having them again, no matter you know what they think we wrote in their yearbook. <laughs> and uh, man, thank you guys for for hanging in there. Thanks for listening. And uh, well, heck, I, I guess uh, since Brad wasn't here, uh, we'll say goodbye for him. And uh, until next time, uh, I'm still Brian. I'm Alex. I'm still Eric. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to keep up with us gearheads over on our website at www.round6pod.com. And if you'd like to, we invite you to follow along with us over on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to check out all of our latest videos on YouTube.com. I want to hear the dubstep version of this whole podcast. <laughs>